Welcome to the Greater Things Podcast. In this series, Matt is inspiring our curiosity about the Kingdom of God. Well, today on the Greater Things Podcast, I am back with Kate Johnson. Now, Kate, we recorded a while ago and... um, Really enjoyed the conversation that we had back then. But before we jump into this one, do you mind just reintroducing yourself for the listeners? Oh, I'd love to, Matt. My name's Kate. I live in beautiful Melbourne. I'll say beautiful. We're we're hoping the sun comes out. I'm a wife and a mum to four amazing kids, including one uh, neurodiverse child. Um, And I, what do I love? Oh, goodness. I love coffee with friends. Um, I love dreaming big and I'm pretty creative now. So um, if you don't find me at work or at my children's multiple, multiple spots, I'm making earrings and dreaming of taking over the world in community services. So that's a bit, that's a bit of my background. I love that. And if the listeners could see the earrings that you're wearing and these are of your own creation. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. I only wear my own. How funny is that? (laughs) Don't you have a thing with Hannah, Hannah Gamble where you guys give each other earrings though? All the time. And I um, I love giving gifts. And so I love handcrafting something for someone. And it always comes at the right time, I find, that they need encouragement. I love that. So much of the conversations that have been flowing for us on this podcast have been around that very theme of creativity. Mm-hmm. And you and I have had off-air conversations of how cool that actually is to see. Uh, it's not just about the creative ability, but it's also the creative thought that's actually coming back into community, back into churches, back into families. And yeah. like you're saying, if I'm not at any one of the sporting events that you actually have to be <laughs> at or doing the counselling work that you are, mm. you're being creative. Yeah. Now, one of the other things I really love about you, Kate, is... Um, the pioneering aspect of you. And mm. I think even the first time I met you, you you may have even introduced yourself as somewhat of a pioneer <laughs> in, in that very Aussie ripper way of saying it, as you <laughs> like to say. Yes. Uh, Does that, that describe me. you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I love, um, I think the way I'm wired is I see, I love to absorb myself in community and then I see um, gaps and then have creative ideas, um, often with other people through conversation, of how we can really impact community through those ideas. Wow. This has been something how long in your life? Mm, 18 years. Started when I was five. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, but uh, anyway. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 18 years. I started um, when I was 22. There you go. She's just given away age, everybody. Happy birthday, me. <laughs> well, Trish and I got to celebrate your birthday, didn't we, Kate? Oh, you've never seen me speechless before, Matt, and that was <laughs> the time, as you know. So I think um, people who are very driven also don't like surprises, and I was floored by the generosity of Trish and Matt when they came down to Melbourne for my birthday, and I think it um, it's so valuing being part of community, isn't it? And that's what we try yeah. and create. Yep. 
that will be one of my highlights of the year, that <laughs> moment. The fact that we could even pull off a surprise from somebody like yourself, uh, I thought that was a work in just itself. Yeah, it was huge. And credit to Hannah Gamble, who's been on your podcast before. It was um, quite a collaboration to surprise me. And I, I think if you come from a background where birthdays aren't always fabulous, to have something like that um, is amazing. Very restorative. Yeah. It could also be creative. It could. I was very, it was very creative. That was epic um, and just very affirming and I think that's part of the joy of being part of our community um, with you guys. It's just very, very affirming. Yeah. One of the thought bubbles that you and I have been chatting around is the concept of this creative, the healing power of God, the love of God flowing from safe places. Yeah. And even the concept of pioneering it's got to be, and maybe this is a massive assumption, but the safer you feel, the more confident you have to step out and adventure further. Would that be fair to say? I think safety and risk sometimes go hand in hand and mm. you can feel safe in what you're doing and who you're doing it for, but still have a lot of stretch and risk in that too because you are stepping out of your comfort zone. You're stepping, I, I call them faith jumps. And so um, once you know, I guess that safety comes from knowing who you are, how you're wired and what um, you're called to do, and then the risk runs alongside that because faith and risk go hand in hand. Like mm. we're, seeing, we're, we're speaking into the unseen. Yep. Talk to me then about attachment with God. Like you mm. guys in the counselling world use this word attachment a lot. Yeah. And yeah. if if I try and drop a word, you go, oh, my gosh, Matt, what are you talking about? And you're not using it in the right way. <laughs> no, I think attachment and God, like I, I think back, um, so I used to be the CEO director of an autism charity. Mm. And, um, and I remember just almost being tapped on the shoulder, Kate, by a big pad of paper and some pretty pens. I need to tell you something. And I'm like, sure, whatever. I don't know what you're going to tell me. And literally had the blueprint for our charity um, and multiple streams of services. It wasn't just one thought bubble. It was multiple. And I think when you when you experience something like that, you understand the depth of relationship because you're trusted by God. And that's that attachment. It's knowing who you are and who your father is and that um, if he's called you to do it, he's going to lead you through it. And so that I think is that trust and attachment stuff of knowing it's not just a good idea. He's designed this. It's part of a bigger tapestry of life and I think that's where the attachment comes. So in the words that Trish would often use with me, in this concept of attachment, if you feel that secure place, mm. you're more likely to be able to adventure out because you know you've got a safe place to retreat to yeah. if the risk gets to the point where uh, you're feeling a little out of your comfort zone or a long way out of your comfort zone or yeah. even if you make a mistake, right? And yeah. Yeah. I think so often in our culture, we don't give place for mistakes. And so mm. we're training our kids to be perfect. <laughs> yes. What do you think? Um, I work with a lot of rep basketball players on this exact thing, all girls. Yeah. So in Victoria, we've come off two years of online learning and they've seen themselves on the screen for two years. Mm. Um, they haven't been out of practice, as in like with people. And the biggest thing we talk about is 
um, when it comes to mistakes is what are we going to let slide off us like Teflon and what are we going to choose to do? So we're bringing it back to that attachment and control, like that we don't have to um, look at anxiety, which is the fear of making a mistake, Mm. as a bad thing, um, that we can navigate our way through that and do something positive with it if we choose to. Mm. And so it's that same thing. I've made so many mistakes in what I've done. Oh, I I couldn't even list them. Um, But... And you grieve that and you feel like a failure. But I also know there's soft pillows around me from the love of God that says, it's okay, I've got you. Um, What do we do next? Hmm. So that's got to come from more than just a belief system or a theology. That's got to come from Hmm. an experience of God, right? Absolutely. And relationship, like religion versus relationship. Like we, we can read the Bible and it not go in. Or we can have tangible moments where God's spoken to us and that, that fuels that you're seen, valued, heard by me, and I love you. And it's that community. It's it comes back to communication, right? Mm. Um, and that communication is two way. Yeah. And so when God speaks directly to us or does something, and we go, "That's a God thing," um, we feel seen and valued and heard, which means we have more confidence when we pioneer because mm. He's got it. He's He's got it. Even yeah. if it's even if it sucks, He's got it. Mm. Um, it's not easy. You make more mistakes than you do right moves, I think, in that risky zone. That's very true. I see, part of this taps into even, uh, I think, coming out of being a pastor and his confessions of a pastor moment <laughs> is that um, we don't teach our people how to listen for God or how to have mm. that conversation with God. We t- teach people how to have a monologue with God, as yeah. in, here's everything I've got to say, God. But we don't teach people how to hear. And so when you say it's about communication, mm-hmm. to me, that's got to be in the dialogue from that place. And I don't know if I could have a strong attachment or a secure attachment. Is that the right phrase? Yeah. Uh, with God, if I didn't think I could hear him, I think that would be dysfunctional at best. So I think what that kind of draws on is like what happens in wilderness. Yep. Like when we don't feel like we can hear from God. And I had that for a very long time. Mm. And you do go a bit crazy because you get a bit desperate for that secure attachment. And mm. and it might be coming in other ways. And it's, I think, in the era that we're in, things that we used to do, we're not doing now. We used to hear God in one way. It's completely different now. Um, and I know I went absolutely stir crazy going, what am I doing Am I doing the right thing? I just need you to speak. I just need you to tell me, give me a sign. I was I was after the crumbs of anything. Um, and that communication, like I think sometimes I get prompted um, and I go, okay, I'll go with this. And it might be go for a walk or do whatever. And then God will drop something on that walk. Mm. Um, and it's, but it starts in communication of going, thank you for today, God. What, do you want to say anything? Um, or I'm so frustrated with this God, and it's a it's how I would talk, um, I guess, in a relationship. It's not mm. just a shopping list. It's not just gratitude. It's back and forth. What do you think? What am I doing? Can you please give me this? Um, am I going crazy? Mm. And often it comes, I guess, that's that back and forth, and sometimes you don't get anything. Like yeah. I jokingly used to say my best ideas when I ran my charity, my best ideas came when I was vacuuming. Mm-hmm. hanging out the washing or in the shower, no children around, Yep. 
generally white noise and I was having a conversation with God. Hmm. So 22 years ago, these conversations started happening. Would that be? Yeah. 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 So I, I started to be a paralegal mm-hmm. and um, just due to circumstances, I'm like, yep, I need a safe job. And when I was doing that, I'm like, I'm actually really good with people. What can I do? So I then studied youth work and combined the two and just had always just dreams of doing things that would impact a generation. Um, I went a long way around that and I don't think I've ever really done that fully, um, but I went through community service, worked in a church and then back to community service. And it's it's an interesting road when you yeah. listen um, for the God move because it's never straightforward. Um, yeah. It's always a wild ride and I think the the power of yes Yes, God, if that's what you want me to do, I'm in for it, even if it's stretchy. Um, a lot of it's sacrificial and most people don't see the hard work. They yeah. see the end result. Yeah. So I guess what everyone's listening to right now is the heart of a pioneer at work. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's looking, listening, uh, she values her yes. I'm assuming you value your no as well. Yeah. So there is a definite yes, there's a definite no inside of Correct. that. Correct. Uh, that the whole journey through is you're having a dialogue with God, not a monologue. And so mm-hmm. as you're dialoguing with God, that secure attachment is becoming a, a very real place that you know is safe yes. and that you know that you can step out from. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for people who are listening that are creatives that are listening or pioneers of heart and they're actually going, wow, Kate's actually speaking my language, <laughs> what advice would you be dropping on them in this mm-hmm. conversation? Oh, so many. I know there's that saying that God qualifies the called. Mm-hmm. I would also say do your due diligence. Yeah. Don't jump in without um, having quality conversation with people who are going to sharpen you. Yeah. Um, so there's wisdom in community, right? Um, but also I would say um, pray it through and do your planning. Mm. Get yourself a firm foundation to build on. Um, one thing when we think about pioneering is, um, especially in the community sector, we think about youth workers or things, like the statistic is they last 18 months. Wow. Um, and that might be an old statistic. It might have changed coming out of COVID. But I remember celebrating when our charity made it to two years because most startups just don't make it. Mm. And so never, if you're a pioneer, never scrimp on your foundation. Yep. Never cut corners on your foundation because that's what you build on. And so that might be speaking to people and going, hey, I've got this idea, what do you think? And they will add their gold into it. Some And some things you're going to have to let slide. Mm. It's going to be rubbish and you sort through the good stuff and the bad stuff. Um, you do your research because you might have a great idea and it might be a God idea, but there might be others doing very similar. Mm. Can I partner? Can I, is this what God wants me to do? Um, what does this look like for the first couple of steps? And make sure that um, you jump in with a bit of substance. Yep. Because um, you can have all the creative ideas in the world and I'm probably being a little bit firm and brutal, um, but having seen this over and over and over again, there's a difference between a great idea, a pioneering idea, and driving that pioneering idea. Yep. A bunch of truth right there. 
but these are the things that we we need to hear as well like i think that the concept of an idea when you apply faith to it there can be mm. some exponential concepts that flow from it yeah it's like you said earlier though often the things that you have ideas for god's like yeah we could do it that way yeah or yeah we could do it this way because sometimes yeah. there's a point here we've also been called to hold things pretty open-handed too, right? Like Correct. not holding so tightly to a thought that we think has to happen. Yeah. Oh, that's so true. And I think anyone who's pioneered anything, it started as one thing and it ends as another. Mm. And the the windy road opens doors to um, great new services. Like I think of um, a legend called Daniel Flynn who runs Thank You Water. And I remember being at a church conference and he had dozens of bottles of Thank You Water up there. Mm. And they started with water and they're in body products and all these different things now. And they don't do water anymore. It's not Thank You Water, it's just Thank You. And that's a great example of you start with a plan. You start Mm. with one thing, but the windy road of faith jumps takes you in a completely different direction. Mm. And I love that. We, We can adapt. I mean, when I started my charity, we were certain on a few things and then we did a lot of things. Um, And there were things that we dropped and there were things that we picked up. And so the power of the yes, the power of the no. Um, I think when we come back to pioneering, what's our vision? People perish without vision. But in that vision, let's just not have a great God idea, but let's put a bit of work into the why behind it and how we're going to take our first step, not not just launch the idea and go, this is what I'm doing, and then there's nothing left. Mm. Like, And that comes back to the firm foundation of our idea when pioneering. Yeah. Yeah, and especially when it's a concept, you think it's a God thing as well. Yeah. There's, yeah. there's examples in the Bible, and one of the examples I think of is with Abraham, that he set out with the concept that God had told him one thing but got to the top of another mountain, and God mm. effectively changed his mind. He said, no, we're not sacrificing Isaac. We were never going to sacrifice Isaac. Yeah. He is a ram. And now if Abraham had held on to that first revelation with both hands very tightly, mm. Isaac could have died that day. Yeah. But he chose to be in the moment and present and listen. And mm. in listening, he discovered God's voice again. And what I've found often, even with Christians in pioneering, is they'll hold on to an old revelation as if God said it back then, therefore it must still be true for today. But yeah. you're effectively saying, yes, but I'm inviting you into the conversation with God, not just yeah. to even the monologue of God of doing it that way. Mm-hmm. And this is where I think for us in our se- in the season we are in as even the kingdom of God, where so much has changed over the last few years, COVID-related. Mm-hmm. Um, so many churches I'm watching are falling apart at the seams yeah. because of how difficult COVID has been for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's been invitations in there to do things different. Yeah. And I love a different idea. Like I love thinking outside the box. Um, Anyone who hangs around with me for five minutes would probably think I'm a little bit crazy with some of my ideas, right? And I go, I think there's a need here. For example, I saw a client this week and there's massive gaps between family violence, disability and mental health. I'm like, Mm. who is doing that? Like, so you ask the questions and you go, gap, 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 what can we do? I think with churches, um, especially churches that, you know, they're, their membership is dwindling, but they've got an epic building and yep. they've probably got a really core group of people if who have stayed who really want to be part of community. Mm-hmm. And we have to reimagine what's our position in community. Uh, I, When I look at 
a church building that's empty, I see potential. Yep. I go, what does our community need right now? Hmm. Some of them need food. Some of them need a safe place to go. And you think of like the winter shelter program. Um, some of them need to be upskilled, um, but not in a partnership way with community, not hmm. with the church telling people what to do. It's yes. an I see church buildings as an invitation to community, not mm. a conform to this community type engagement. And so I like I love to see when um, I see social media posts about a church making two thousand five hundred meals for a local community service, and they've engaged all their young people doing it. Well, the next step for that is engaging the community and doing that for the community and opening mm. that building. Yeah. And so that's where I think. Um, Churches can be super creative. And, Matt, you and I had this conversation earlier. We don't expect pastors to be everything for everyone. So engage people who are skilled in community service and community development to help drive that so that it's it's linked with community, it's for community, and we, we be part of the community in love and love our neighbour. Any pastor listening right now is probably looking for your contact details. <laughs> funny oh no I'm very passionate about this I'm a director of a football club Mm. and we're about to get a new building we've been Mm. living out of shipping containers for two years at our building and everyone's talking about what we're going to do and I'm talking about how we're going to give yeah because those I want those doors open I want people accessing mental health support in terms of whole teams from our building I want their families to come and exercise with us because they can't afford a gym membership. So we do that out the front of the building, mm. a community gathering. Yeah. See, what I love about listening to the way you're processing and thinking, because you are changing the paradigms of even if we talk about church, you're changing the concept to ask that big question of the why. Mm. Like, yeah. why are we gathering here? What is the single purpose of us gathering here now Mm. for some churches it's okay we're going to gather we're going to sing some great songs we call that worship we're going to hear a great teaching um and then we're going to have coffee at the end and that's their why like that's that's the concept of why and again i'm not dissing that but at this point in time in our church's history i think it's the biggest moment that we've had i don't know in a long time let me Mm. just put that out there uh to ask the bigger question of the of the why that we do church. Yeah. And you're giving us opportunity to start thinking very holistic around this and not just about adapting a belief system, mm. but coming into the healing of the entirety of the human form. That sound is that too big to say that? No, I think what we're what we're batting around here is um why is community so important right now? Yes. And what is the function of community? And I think of proximity. Mm. being close to people and connecting with people. And we can't connect if they're not coming. And so we either absorb ourselves in community and I love our sports teams, goodness gracious. Like they are amazing community organisations, but they're not happening in a church. And some churches absolutely knock this out of the park and we're not saying they don't. There are some amazing churches and I can think of a handful that I go, oh, gee whiz, they're doing this well. And then I think of others who I go, there's capacity here to come back to our why. And it's not saying you can't have your worship days and hear a sermon and things like that, but what's next? Mm. Like what what is the next step? And I think 
um, we've got so many people who are feeling overwhelmed. We've got so many needs. And um, I come back to um, the the servanthood aspect of what we do, right, as church. And I think one of the greatest tools we can do is to serve people well because that's an invitation and it's love. Um, At my footy club, I had this incredible conversation with one of our people. And you don't get those conversations by just inviting people into a building. You have to be where they are. Mm. And this gentleman told me about his son who um, had very complex mental health issues um, and and he had complex mental health issues and his son had to move away and had healed enough to move back home. And as he's divulging this conversation so transparently and authentically, it felt holy. Mm. It was love. It was trust, it was community, it was safe. He felt safe to divulge all these things he couldn't tell anyone else. And I'm sitting there going, goodness me, this is church. Mm. And it's not, and it's by being where people are and it's by loving them well and being authentically you. And I think, what is the church doing there? Yes. It's not, it's not a it's not a program that we tell people what to do. It's a walk alongside love people where they are, potentially provide for their needs so that there's an invitation and do life with, not life along, not life expecting them to come, but we come to them or we open our doors to them in a way that is needs-based and love-fueled. Yeah, I think uh, there's more pastors wanting to contact you now. <laughs> Kate Johnson counselling. <laughs> there you go, right there. There we go. We'll drop the yeah. drop the uh, the link. Um, yes. One of the things I did this week was I was asked to speak at a memorial service for a, a person who'd passed away. Wow. Um, I'd only met this person once, uh, but he was a good friend of a, of a friend of mine, and she said, "Would I be interested in doing this?" Mm-hmm. And um, this good friend of mine, like I bend over backwards for her she's an amazing human and it's like absolutely yes i'll do that and um it was down at uh the lane cove 12 foot skiff yacht club Mm. didn't even know it was there but (laughs) but the uh a beautiful place on the on the um river paramount river sydney harbour And uh, I sat in a memorial service that went for uh, probably over an hour, but listening to a whole range of eulogies of from his wife to children and his brother and stuff like that. And I felt love, like I felt mm. love. And so I got up and it was sort of going long and his wife was a little bit concerned about how long the service was. And it's like, no worries at all. Three and a half minutes is the perfect length for a sermon for many people yeah. in a 12-foot skiff sailing club. And yeah. I got up and I said to them, did anyone, when we were hearing those eulogies and those stories, did anyone feel love in this room? Mm. There's probably 200 people there and they've gone, yeah, you could hear that that yes through the whole of the community. It was a beautiful moment. Mm. And I said, well, 2,000 years ago, Jesus was asked a profound question and he was asked, what's the greatest commandment? And Jesus, and the way I explained it was that Jesus took the whole Bible mm. and put it into two verses. Yeah. He squeezed it all the way down. And he said, if we can love God, if we can love others, yeah, then the kingdom is here. God is love. So... If you're ever wondering about where God is, when you see love, when you feel love, know that God is there. Yeah. 
So you're talking to a guy at a football club, you're feeling love, you're going, wow, this thing, this is church. Yeah. 100%, Kate, like 100%. Like this mm. is the thing that we, when we start asking that bigger why, we start discovering God in places that maybe we traditionally didn't find him in. And yeah. Maybe, just maybe, if there are more people on the planet to look for the kingdom in football clubs or 12-foot sailing clubs, uh, <laughs> yeah. stiff, I don't even know the right terminology and all that sort of stuff, but if we could start pioneering ideas of love that actually went beyond the the belief system construct that so often churches are locked into, it's, mm. not, it's not giving away the gospel. It's not giving away the strength of the gospel at all. If anything, it's actually empowering it because yeah. you're actually wanting now for that to engage with where people are at. So if it's mental mm. health, yeah. we're right there. If yeah. it's a footy club, we are right there. If it's yeah. in a funeral, we are right there. And mm. it's that place when we can be love, people can see love. Yeah. And when they are seeing love and feeling love, there's a safety that flows. And again, it sort of taps back into that secure attachment stuff. Mm. But you can start then seeing faith grow yeah. From these beautiful embryonic forms of where love is, we start seeing hope and we start seeing faith. Oh, absolutely. And let's not um, overlook the joy and privilege of seed planting. Yes. Like we might not have a program straight up running out of churches, but we can be um, Jesus with skin on. Mm. We can take his love into wherever we go and we can be different by loving differently. That's that I will come alongside you, love, yeah. without judgment. Um, that will be letting my love shine without putting a name on that. Mm. Um, that sometimes, like, we have to build trust and relationship so people ask the questions. Um, we can't, sometimes it can be so easy to come across as holier than thou. Mm. We know better. Um, I think one of the best ways of loving people is asking questions. And sitting yeah. and listening and validating their response. And you don't need a program to do that. You can just love them where they're at, whether it's the amazing dude. It was a highlight of my year hearing his story. It felt so, so sacred. Yeah. Because here he was sharing his heart in a trusted environment where he knew he was safe and you get to speak into that and you get to um, honour his experience and just start speaking identity over people. Yeah. You are so loved. I love the fact you mentor these boys. We are so grateful mm. um, for your dedication, that you've got such a big heart, that your future is so much brighter than the days you've left behind. You, you don't get that opportunity unless you put yourself in that opportunity, in community. They're not yeah. going to come through your door. Open the doors. Make doors wide access. That means making you widely accessible within a community. Love that. The way that I love that this taps into even the pioneering conversation is the essence of pioneering is you're actually doing new things or you're going yeah. places where maybe other other people haven't gone before. Yeah. Um, sometimes the danger of church is we keep doing the same thing over again and over again, mm. and we're expecting a different result each time. <laughs> yeah, the yep. definition of insanity. <laughs> yep, absolutely. Mm. And like how inspiring it is for you, Kate, to come across other people who are asking these bigger questions and seeking for answers? Oh, my brain explodes. It makes me so happy because, um, because if you go five seconds in a public school 
all that. So we're talking those, you know, they're safe non-Christian or mm. unsafe non-Christian schools um, mm. like my children go to. Or uh, we attend a sporting club. Um, all it takes is a little bit of love and people are drawn. Yes. So I I love having these bigger conversations of going, who's going to do this? How can we work together? How can I encourage you? How can I come alongside? How can I learn off you? What are you doing really well that I can go, yeah, that's sharpening me right now? Um, mm. Having these big conversations also um, inspires us because we see what faith does. We see those faith jumps. And I mean, I get, I'm constantly inspired by people who are doing things differently and differently in that it's authentic, it's transparent, and it's based on love. It's not a program necessarily. Um, I think of someone who set up the winter shelters down here and she saw a need. And so she's, um, in the councils that will let her set up winter shelters all around Victoria in churches, churches opening, serving their community well, wow. because people didn't have anywhere to sleep. And and we're not talking about um, elderly men. We're talking about family violence victims. We're talking about mental health um, challenges and those kind of things. We're talking about people who are sleeping in cars. And you go, she saw a need. She took a faith jump. And I get to see, I get to be inspired by her model mm. and go, what's next? Like, I'm not a chaplain in a community, in a sports environment. I wouldn't put my label on that label mm. on myself because otherwise then I'm, I'm pigeonholed. Yeah. I think what we're looking at is a whole community of people who aren't pigeonholed. Yep. Um, and who are living their most authentic lives the way they've been created to and asking big questions. Like, hang around with quite a few of us and we just ask lots of questions. Yes. And I love questions. Some people hate questions because they feel intimidated. I love questions because it, it, that surface level rubbish, we strip that away and we go back to our foundations of why are we doing things? How is this helping? Is this helping? Do we need to adapt? Um, are, we, are we doing what we're meant to be doing? If not, let's look at it again. It's a constant... Um, reforming, adapting, growth, really stretchy, hard <laughs> yeah. process. None of it's easy. No, it's easier when the people who love you, they're surrounding you at that time. It, yeah. It's it, often we see pioneers as lone rangers. What mm. would you say to that? You know, there's an element of risk mm. and some people don't come along for the risk, but I know um, especially when I was the director of a charity, um, I gathered people around me who were totally different from me mm. because they sow in different ideas, but also um, they support differently. And so mm. I think sometimes pioneers can be lone rangers, but they also draw some really incredible people. And um, the risk and the joy at the same time is opening yourself up to that and going, you know what, I've started this but I know you've got gold to sow into this. Let's do it in community. Mm. I love that so much. You know, the night that we surprised you on, <laughs> your, on that beautiful, significant oh, yes. birthday, uh-huh. um, one of the things you said to us as we sat down is mm. that you guys normally, when you and Hannah connect like that, you're yeah. there to change the world. Yep. That's yep. that's how you guys roll, right? So, um I had literally sent Hannah a text a couple of days ago going, I've got itchy feet. This whole go slow um, season that I'm in after um, 
I don't know what's next, really. Yep. And I'm sitting there and I'm going, Han, you know what? There's gold here. I reckon we could start a podcast. Hannah, what about this? Let's do this. Mm-hmm. I want to involve my friend Fiona, who's an amazing carer of an intellectually disabled mm-hmm. young person. Um, yep. I'm like, there's got to be more. Like, where is the more? And I'm like, Han, what about this? And she's like, let's talk about this at dinner. Um, <laughs> so I could come down from my it's time to change the world. But I think of... Um, when I think of Hannah, she's written the Maytree pro, pro, program for schools and I published her book. Mm. We don't sit there and go, this is nice pasta. We yep. sit there and go, what are you seeing in the clinic room for both of us because we're both allied health and what are the needs mm. and who's doing this? And, yep. and just that back and forth, what, what's God saying to you? Um, What's stirring you? How can I come alongside you? And so, yeah, we we sit there and often an idea is discussed. It doesn't necessarily go further, but it's the stretchy places that often lead to the bigger questions that yes. then go further. And these are the people to have in your life too, right? Like, Because, yeah. again, when we talk about Lone Rangers, uh, not even the Lone Ranger was alone. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why he was called the Lone Ranger, but, um, mm. but inside of that for me, it's putting yourself in place of community where you can actually see the gold in the person that's actually walking beside you yeah. as well. And when you say you, you draw people who are not like you uh, yeah. and, and build them around you, there's a grace in that too because, again, often, particularly in church world, we look for people who think like us. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's okay at some level, I guess. But if I can only think like you think, then why am mm-hmm. I actually doing relationship with you? If I'm... Yeah. If you're actually thinking completely different thoughts to me and I'm like, oh, my gosh, my mind is about to melt, but Mm. I wonder what this would look like if we could do something together. Before you know Mm. it, you're actually there stepping into a place that you've never been before. And I think, Matt, what you're talking about is pioneers have a heart of curiosity. Yes. They don't don't replicate what's already there. They're curious about um, what's to come and what they can do, and I think that's the same in teams. I've been in a church team where I was very different from everyone else. And it's brutal when, you, when you're sitting there as the community worker going, no, we can't do that. That's tokenistic. No, we can't do this. And there's a whole lot of people going, no, we just need to go with the pastor. This is what they've said. And I said, this is a terrible idea. And everyone shoots you down. Um, yeah. And that was, that was my ministry experience for a lot of it. Um, but just going, we need those voices. Yes. We need that difference because you don't get sharpened by same, same. Mm. You never get sharpened by same, same. You get you get a lot of yeses. But my question is, is it a quality yes? That's right. Is it driving you towards what your, your bigger vision? Um, and often the very people who stretch you the most are going to be the most helpful because your little box that you start with, your foundation gets expanded not on the back of yes, yes, from all the yes people, but by the how about we look at this. And and being brave enough to have a heart of curiosity and go, what are your thoughts? I'll take them even if it's totally against mine. Mm-hmm. Isn't that freedom? Like that's yes. the opposite of controlling people, isn't it? It's giving them a voice. 100%. A part of me wants to get off this podcast so you can stretch <laughs> me a bit further. <laughs> 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 part of me freaks out about that idea too. <laughs> I love I love this stuff because I just think there's so much gold in everyone. Yeah. And 
half the time they just need a voice. Yeah, absolutely. We might put a pause in this conversation for the moment. And um, I guess as you guys can tell, uh, we're pretty much enjoying a conversation around pioneering. <laughs> both of us sort of exist in those places where we are asking bigger whys of the kingdom of God, of our mm. communities, of the people that we're actually doing relationship with. And that's not to control or do anything like that. It's actually to draw out mm. wonder that every single person has and that going back to the start of our conversation kate the the creativity and again mm. not just uh, often when we say creativity people go straight to art or yeah. the writing a song and all those things are absolutely beautiful mm. but the creativity of thought mm. that that's a new thought for mm. me uh, even to say that out loud kate it's only since we started talking uh, just before we got on uh, mm got live that this thought came into my head is it's not creativity of ability it's a creativity of thought mm. and if we can give more emphasis to the thoughts and the creativity that flows from the deep hearts of people yeah i think we might even hear a, a new voice of god as well yeah yeah and honoring people's lived experiences yes um that's like if you look at a lot of pioneers it stem from lived experiences they've had um and that stems to voice Yes. Like it's this, it's this um, lived experiences, voices, creativity of thought. It's it's going beyond what we know because what we've been told, and asking those big questions. I love that so much. Mm. Well, Kate Johnson counselling. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's me. <laughs> it's just been such a joy. Just. And I mean that in its fullness, like even from the mm. time when uh, Hannah had told me that it was your 40th and we've gone, right, we're going to do something about this. Yeah. Um, there's something just wonderful about being in your presence and Trish just had oh. the time of our lives that night. Mm. Um, and just to be able to meet you, it was the first time we've met you in the flesh, right? Yeah, it was awesome. And I would say exactly the same thing of you and Trish. It was such a, a beautiful honour. Yeah. Mm. Well, more to come. My birthday is coming up in October, just in case you're wondering. <laughs> As I book those flights. <laughs> <laughs> and it surprised me, okay? Oh, nice. I won't say a word. Okay, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> uh, to everyone listening, thanks so much for uh, hanging in there with us. Um, lots of thoughts come up in these sorts of conversations and particularly when we're talking around mental health and mm. uh, we just encourage people that if there are, there are questions that are coming up for you, don't hesitate to reach out and ask. Yeah. Um, Trish is a trained counsellor as well, uh, as, mm. as Kate is, and uh, we like to be a safe place for people uh, or I'm sure that there's probably support areas in your own world that you can tap into as well. Mm. Um, if you've enjoyed this, uh, feel free to share it. Uh, if you'd like to give to us in a financial capacity, there's a little thing called buy me a coffee or if you're listening along with Apple, let's support this show, feel free to click on and uh, help out in that kind of way. Otherwise, it's been great to be in your ears today and we shall be there soon. Again. Thanks, Matt. Connect with Greater Things International on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube or at greaterthingsinternational.com.